Hey everybody, how's it going? Thank you for joining me back. It is now 12 o'clock, noon, midday, but I want to introduce a really, really cool special guest. And this lady is called Kai Graham. And she is the author of The Teen Toolbox, something that a lot of parents, in fact, all parents, I believe, should read if they're having teens. <laughs> so without further ado, Kai, hello. Dale, thank you so much indeed for this opportunity. And um, hello to all you lovely people out there watching. It's good to see you. As, as um, kindly introduced, I am author of The Teen Toolbox. I am creator of a podcast called um, Parent Toolbox. And it is really my mission to help you parents so that you can support your children, your kids, because together we need to build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. So how cool is that? So you really are in the right place. And of course, you're in the right place because you've been hanging around here for the last day and a half. And um, but if you've got teenagers, also, I am welcoming in any teen teenagers, you actually might like this because I'm on your side, guys, I think you get a bad press. So um, yeah let, let, let's sort of just get on but you're in the right place if you've got teenagers if you are a teenager and you know what there seems to be a hell of a lot of shouting going on at home um maybe you parents are feeling as though you're juggling things badly i know that feeling um maybe you feel as though you're struggling maybe you feel as though your child might be struggling um i say here that the, the there's too much shouting what's equally bad and you know, quite disturbing for parents when there's absolute silence and we have no idea what's going on at all. So over the next sort of, I would say sort of 30, 40 minutes, you have my undivided attention and I hope I have sort of you know, percentage of yours as well. So thank you. Um, and what we're really going to cover is how parents can understand your teens better because, you know, it's, it's, it's a different world than when we were growing up, I know that. But also how you can learn to communicate with them better um, because it's, you know, it's, it's sometimes a different language. And um, parents just need to sort of make that adjustment. And I think the problem starts when we've got teenagers and we go, do you know what, seriously, I thought I would have this parenting lockdown to, you know, sort of at least some semblance of order now, because I've been doing it for long enough. But suddenly, when we get a teenager into the mix, the hormones start sort of popping and the goalposts change hugely. In fact, not only might the goalposts change, we could be playing on a different pitch altogether. Everything swapped sides and we don't actually know what we're dealing with. So we have to adapt. Um, and this is where the problems start, because when we are struggling to adapt and where our children, our kids, and we'll talk, I will talk about it um, in a minute, but our teenagers are changing. They are, you know, their goalposts have changed. Their sort of teams have changed. They might be playing a totally different ball for all we know. And because of this, they are struggling. And because of this, they start pushing their bu our buttons because it's their job, because that's what happens, because that's what having teenagers in the house does. And we have to learn to accept that which is fine you know but it's it's i think we've we've as parents we've had an old way of thinking as in this used to work and why isn't it working now so let's squeeze that teenager into that sort of you know that that little hole that that they sort of are meant to be in or that you know sort of that that little pigeonhole and it doesn't always work and that's why they push our buttons because they're actually not wanting to be so restricted. 
they do question our authority. Bravo if they do. I mean, that is success. And I'll tell you why, because teenagers are developing. They are learning. Their sanctuary should be home where they are learning about relationships, where they are learning to form their own opinions. And what else can you do when you're forming new opinions, when you're getting a different sort of um, perspective on life, to start questioning and to start voicing what you've got to say, what you are thinking, what you are feeling, what you are fearing, you know, and it's it's sort of that's how when by kicking our tires by pushing our buttons our teenagers sort of work out oh yeah well that sort of worked oh no that didn't work that didn't sound right and they are using us as a sounding board and so it's not really knocking authority it's actually working out where they fit in and the majority of teenagers are struggling to work out where they fit in in this world, where they, um, you know, sort of what they stand for, what their beliefs are. And so they're trying to learn it all, especially now when we're all in lockdown life. Um, they, they, they are trapped at home. And so what we need to do is to accommodate that. Um, by doing the authoritarian approach, it used to work. I do remember the very first time, you know, I sort of sent my son Jack to the naughty corner and he just looked at me and went, no, no, admittedly, he wasn't a teenager. But, um, you know, and it was suddenly he was questioning my authority and he suddenly realised that actually I'm not going to do what mum says the whole time. And, you know, the older they get, the more they do that. And and the older they get, the, um, the, the sort of bigger the repercussions so really the naughty step changes into curfews and smoking and sort of drugs and sex and all this other stuff that are quite meaty for us to have to deal with so when they question our authority why because i said so doesn't work any longer and do you know what it annoys the heck out of me it annoys the heck out of me when I hear parents go, oh, well, they've just got to do as I say. Ooh. And when I hear, you know, don't argue, just do as I say. As I, you know, just because I said so. It just isn't right. And invariably now your teenagers' responses are going to be sighs and eye rollings and, you know, all the slamming of doors. And, I, you know, I, I'm presuming that, you know, many of you are nodding and going, yeah, that's just what's happening in my house. They're answering back. They're questioning my authority. And if we don't acknowledge that, it's 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 going to cause problems. But because I said so, I tell you what, it serves us right. You, I mean, you know, I, I can bet my bottom dollar you've used it many times. I have as a parent. Well, I can't any longer because of the eye rolling and the door slamming. And it, it does. It serves us right. It It's, it's to me... It's just rather lazy. Now, it doesn't really hold any water. A four-year-old, you could probably get away with it. 14, no. 24, hell no. And so it is up to us to start doing something differently. It's up to us to understanding we're not dealing with little kids anymore. We are not the boss of them. In the olden days, we used to be able to manage them. And quite rightly so, because our kids, our teenagers are turning into 
um, young adults. So rather than managing them, I suggest we start mentoring them. Because, because I said so really means I've run out of ideas and I don't know how to explain what I mean. And it could be, oh, for God's sake, just get it done because it's going to be quicker doing it my way. And also it could mean, flip's sake, well, I've no idea what else I'm doing anyway. And that's all understandable for parents. But I think the thing is, is when we start mentoring our kids and we start sort of treating them as equals, we and, and some parents will scoff at flip's sake, treat my teenager as an equal to me. You're having a laugh, aren't you? Well, I tell you what, when you do start, it makes life a lot easier. Um, because we are creating the young adults of the future. And so just by having that authoritarian dictate ain't, ain't going to hold any water. Believe me, been there, done that, have a number of other T-shirts. And so it's a matter of trying to acknowledge who we've got standing in front of us. Because when, you, when we impose our rules and our beliefs on them, it implies that you know best. And you did when you were managing, but not necessarily when you're mentoring. Because every person is different. You'll acknowledge if you've got more than one child, every child is different. I mean, the goalposts change when, you know, you start getting more than one child. Because when you did it one way, you thought it worked okay. And then suddenly that sort of methodology doesn't work for child number two, three, four or whatever. So you don't necessarily know best. Maybe, yes, when you were nurturing them and keeping them safe and feeding them and all that loveliness when they were little. But as they grow, we need to grow with them. And just, please let me take a slurp before I dry out. For the first seven years of their life, our children are in sort of, I guess, survival mode. And so they are wired to stay close to us. They are wired to cling, cling to mum, dad, parents, carers or whoever. Um, and they learn their beliefs, their values, their likes and dislikes from you. That's that's how it happens. So if you've got a if you've got a just think of it, a, a, an anxiety or a phobia of spiders, probably the likelihood is that you've got a young child that is wary of spiders as well. That just sort of, you know, that that nearly goes without saying because they absorb what is going on. They absorb what's going around on around you. So the good thing about this is that you have built really firm foundations one hopes of self-respect and um of what's right you know the right from wrong and it's those very very firm family values that you have built in with your children and that that's that is what is forming the bedrock of their beliefs and you know and their limiting beliefs um, development is also influenced by past events and their understandings so as they sort of you know get a little bit older they become sort of um uh, slightly more open to other people's points of view. So that's why their friendship groups start getting sort of quite, um, you know, well, very important, especially by the time they reach teenage years. But past events will affect kids. Um, you know, sort of say if your child was, I don't know, scared by a dog at the age of four, the likelihood is, is that they are going to be very wary of dogs in the future. So everything that is sort of um, has shaped uh, you know, your kids' behaviours goes way, way back to early childhood. And now it's all change. 
now our children are being wired for independence they are being wired to um to to leave the you know to fly the nest i mean but sort of in tribal times between the ages of 12 and 15 they were wired to become sort of sexually active um a little bit later they were wired to sort of you know sort of find find a mate and um sort of live somewhere else in the village or leave the village altogether the thing is with society nowadays what's happened is um that they are here under the same roof, especially at the minute, with with you know with the coronavirus, they many teens are under the same roof, um, probably sort of um, you know it not for, for from their own volition. Many of them might want to have left by now. Certainly inside, certainly emotionally, and they are wired to be leaving, and that's why, especially from mum, um, sons are sort of pulling away from parents not just because they want to many of them don't understand what's going on many of them don't understand that this is actually biology so physically young men are beginning to feel were really not wanting to be in presence of their their mums um and they are unable to decipher and to work out what on earth's going on in their head and to find out well why is this happening? They, they don't know. I mean, one young man sort of said to me, I sort of said, well, what's going on here? I said, I have no idea. He said, my head feels like a sort of six-lane motorway and all the cars are going in the wrong direction. And he, he just sort of said, it just, I, I don't know what it is, but it feels scary. Because our kids' brains, having being wired for for security and for um, for safety to stay with you know mum and dad in the early days they are now wired to leave the nest and so they've actually and to find a mate and so actually they are their their behavior is becoming a lot more primitive which probably rings many many bells why are they suddenly being irrational why are they suddenly doing things that are, is sort of more risky why are they doing you know sort of behavior that seems totally alien to them and that's because the prefrontal cortex is beginning to shift it's beginning to change their brain is being rewired so it's really quite hard for kids to understand what's going going on because they don't know, because in their heads a bag of blimmin' hormones. And so it's up to us to be slightly more open to that. It's up to us as parents to be slightly more accommodating, to be slightly more wary that um, we've got sort of, it, it's, 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 it, as I said, it's a sort of bag of hormones. It's a bit of a mess going on. And our kids don't understand that. And so we need to be at the front of, the, we need to be at the helm of our ship. We need to be able to guide them and navigate them through these uncharted waters of adolescence because they have no idea what's going on because there's so many rewirings. The neuroplasticity in their brain is all over the shop at the minute. And so when they start doing something wrong, when they start sort of making mad decisions, when they sort of start kicking our tires, pressing our buttons, it doesn't really help 
if we turn around and say, you've got to do it this way because I said so. It doesn't really help if we are barking orders the whole time and expecting them to jump to our tune because they're wired not to. And part of them is full of the guilt of um, not sort of doing as they've always done. And, you know, why, why is it that I can't stand the sight of my own mother because I know she's trying to be nice to me. Why is it that I don't want to go fishing with my dad because I used to, but really, nah, I'd rather be playing the Xbox with my mates. Why is it, you know, why are all these things happening? And and why are they blooming well telling me what to do? I'm an adult, come on. I'm, I, you know, I know, I know my own mind now. And that's the thing. That's the thing is the fact that our children's minds are developing and we need to support them in that. So barking orders with respect doesn't really help. It's it's not gonna come down terribly well. And then I understand your objections. I understand that, yeah, but Kai, hang on a minute. You know, there are kids have got to learn right from wrong. Well, yeah, they do. And that's what the first seven years were all about. That's what the donkey worked when they were little. That's what, you know, now we don't do snatching in this house. That's what the now we don't do sort of horrid words in this house. Now we talk about sharing and being kind to others. And that's where we were building our foundations. This doesn't go out the window. This doesn't get forgotten now that our children are teenagers. And that's what so many parents sort of say when they come out the other side of the adolescent years. Oh, my gosh. They're quite nice, quite nice adults. You know, one mum sort of said to me, and I've got an exercise for you later, which is absolutely gold. And she just sort of said, oh, my goodness. Should I have started talking to my son more? He's really quite nice. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and that's because you've built in all the sort of groundwork. You've done all your stuff. You know, you, you, you've taught them right from wrong. And then there's the other objection. No, 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 but you see, you don't understand. They don't have they don't have life experience like I do. I I know the mistakes. I've been around the block. I don't want them making the same mistakes that I did. Yeah. But how are we gonna learn? Seriously. But I mean, if you think of two sides of a coin, there's one side which which is success, the other side has to be fail because they complement each other. Failure is part of success. So we do try and mollycoddle our kids and wrap them up in cotton wool. But actually, when things are going swimmingly in life, come on. I mean, you know, it, it's it's like anything. We, we only really learn when we get friction. We only learn when we're put up against it. When things are going swimmingly, you just really, lessons aren't really learned that way. Some parents have said to me, no, 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 but you see, I'm in charge. You know, it's my house, my rules. If that's you as a parent, how's that working out for you? Because it doesn't really cut it any longer. And I think, and I'll sort of speak a little bit later, we need to think that we're part of a team. Um, your family is a, is a team unit and everyone is a player. 
so that you don't have to stand and bark orders from the sideline because so once you start gelling together, everyone knows what their roles are. Everyone knows where they fit in and everyone knows that they have got a part to play in the family team that is yours. And then other parents will go, well, you see, I know and I know what I'm doing here. I, I you know, I, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's different times now. It's very different times. Our kids are growing up in an environment that is so, so different to the environment when we were young. You know, and and we they now have flip sake, you know, climate change to worry about. They now have gun and knife crime to worry about, self-harm and depression, coronavirus, gender fluidity, all these things that never even existed when we were young. Or if they did, it was sort of usually someone else's issue to deal with. So it's very, very different. And yet, well, okay, well, if, if I've just let my child loose and let them get on with it, they're going to fail and fall over and, and everything's, you know, I, I want them, yes, to think on their feet. I want them to develop a mind of their own. They've got to become independent, but not under my roof, not whilst I'm the boss, not whilst they're, you know, not whilst we're doing lockdown, for goodness sake. Can we not just wait until all that's over? And I'd say, actually, no. Now is a fantastic opportunity to reconnect with your child at their level apps you know and it gives us the opportunity to start maybe building bridges if they had been sort of burnt or sort of knocked down or whatever but yes we are we are building young adults for the future of course we are and so we need to allow them to develop, to form their own opinions, to question our authority. We need to acknowledge what's going on in their head so that we can support them. And the safest place to do that is in the family home. So if they get it wrong and screw up, they're not going to have all their mates who are going, <laughs> they, they are in a safe place. They, do, you know, it, it, We need to create a sanctuary of our home for, for our kids so that they feel safe and nurtured and there's no judgment and that they are okay to make mistakes they are okay to make a fool of themselves so that they can practice so they're a bit more equipped to go into the big wide world because yes we all have our child's best interests at heart and and i'm you know i would say without an exception each and every one of you because that's why you're blimming well watching this summit isn't it is to work out what you can do a little bit differently we do want them to we do want to keep them safe but we have to talk about sex and drugs and suicide and smoking and all that stuff and yes they might be awkward conversations and yes your child might go oh, for god's sake i've heard all about it and no i know all about that i don't i don't want but you know if we if we think about online porn and, and sort of things like that yes it could be toe curly curlingly embarrassing and yes they might know these sort of ins and outs excuse the pun of sex but do they know about consent and do they know about sort of you know being sort of being able to respect one another and do they know about sort of you know being able to say no and that they have the power to use their own voice 
because we need to teach that. We need to teach kids that sex is all, it's not like it appears on the screen. And it's about relationships and love and respect. And, and they might go, yeah, yada, yada, yada. But it has to be instilled in them to, um, to, to respect themselves and to respect others. And yes, we want to keep them out of trouble. But sometimes by making the mistakes and by realizing that actions do indeed have consequences, as I said, that's how they learn. That's how they grow. And to avoid your childhood mistakes, not a mission. They're going to make their own ones. They're going to make new mistakes. They're going to do something very, very different to you, um, which is natural. And it's a different world. So our experiences, as I said, are totally redundant, let's face it. Because if you even think about how social media has come on, if, I mean, if you think about they've got technology in their back pocket, my only form of communication was a was a telephone on the hall table with a really long lead. And I used to sit on the stairs for three hours. So look how different that is. But we have to adapt. And without adapting, this is when the problems start. We disconnect from our kids because they just don't, they're, well, you know, what do you know? You came out with the art, for goodness sake, mother. You don't know anything about my world. You don't know what's going on. You're not even asking about what's going on in my world. You don't even know who my best mates are. You don't know what my dreams are about where I want to go to uni. You don't even know that I don't want to go to uni. You don't even know that I'd rather do physics as opposed to maths. You don't, you know. And so this is where the resentment builds in, is that if we do not know what is going on, and whatever age, you might be watching this and your child, you, you know, you think, oh, thank God for that, because my child isn't a teenager. Well, I tell you what, you should be starting now, in fairness, because if you have got, for argument's sake, let's say a five-year-old who is sitting there and going, mom, 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 I want to tell you about my favorite pizza topping. All right, yeah. And you're going, yeah, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And if you are not listening about the small stuff, which, let's face it, is their big stuff, at five, pizza toppings are hugely important. If you aren't listening to that now, you are training your child that you are not available for them. So when you're sitting there at sort of 15, with a 15 year old or a 16 year old who either smells of smoke or you know there's been sort of, you know, is high or is doing, you know, you know that they're watching online porn, why the heck should they be listening and speaking to you if you have trained them that you are not prepared to listen to their big stuff at the age of five? Why are they going to start speaking to you when indeed the goalposts have changed and the problems have got bigger? So the thing is, is that we need to nurture them and be available to them as often as possible so that we don't have the secrecy and the resentment that's building up in many, many homes at the minute. Twenty five percent of 16 to 21 year olds said, yeah, I regularly argue, argue with my mum. I think that is rather a low number, actually, truth be told. And 16% said that they argued with their dads. Oh, my God. But the upside is that given the opportunity, these same people said, yeah, I also confide in my mum. 67% in their mums and 50% said that they confided in their dads. Why? Because you're their role model. Why? 
because they want your attention because even deep down there's a little five-year-old in there somewhere wanting your attention wanting your guidance wanting your appreciation and we need to provide it for them don't worry arguing is not does not mean a bad relationship arguing actually helps your child remember the right from wrong it helps your child understand that um you know, sort of what the basics are. It helps them know that you've got their back. It helps them know that there is somewhere that loves them unconditionally, even though you keep on shouting at them, telling them to pick their towel off the floor. They know that already. Arguments, as long as they're not total slanging matches, but to and fro attitude means that there is communication. We can improve it and imagine, oh, imagine if it was all Pollyanna and like the Waltons. Well, it's never going to be like the Waltons, really, is it? Because that was then and this is now. But I tell you what, a lot of it comes when you are able to change and shift your attitudes and realise that it is your role really to mentor rather than manage, that you have shifted. So maybe now you can look at yourself as instead of being the boss, maybe being the coach and collaborating and talking with your child. <sighs> right, okay, well, thanks for nagging me for half an hour, Kai. What the heck do I do? Well, <sighs> be patient because there is rewiring going on up here in your child's brain. Your child's brain is a work in progress. Wait for it. Their prefrontal cortex doesn't stop. For, for young women, their prefrontal cortex sort of finishes development in early 20s. For young men, it's mid to late 20s. And I'm witnessing this. I've got a 25-year-old and a daughter and um, a 27-year-old son. And they are sort of just coming out the other side. And yes, they are still trying to find out who they are, what they stand for, where they fit in. And this is still happening. It's only till the mid-30s, seriously, that we are able to sit down and go, yeah, this is me. I'm sort of knowing where I'm coming from now. So as a parent, if you think of that child with a, with a head full of one child said, I've got a head full of Weetabix, it just feels like that. Nothing can get through. And if you've got that child with a brain like a six-lane motorway with cars all over the place, if we remember that actually that's what we're dealing with, then it's easier for us to understand the chaos that's going on in their head, that they're not trying to be manipulative little so-and-sos. They're just trying to work the heck out what's going on and they get some peace in their head. So let's start validating their feelings. If you've got a teenager now who should have been either um, or a young, you know, sort of a student who should have been taking exams, who should have been graduating either from school, college, uni or whatever, they have had that carpet whipped out from underneath. And it sucks. For the last two, three, four years, they've been told, oh my God, the last year's fantastic. Just you wait, you're graduating. It's all so exciting. And you have your prom and you have your this and all the parties and da, 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 da. And now they can't even take exams, most of them. All that hard work, well, some of them, let's face it, will be breathing a sigh of relief. I totally get that. But others will not. Others will be struggling and they're going, 
this is appalling. I, I just, everything that I was building up towards has been whipped away. And not only that, with, with respect, they're stuck under the same roof as you, which is not really where they want to be, and they're missing their tribe. I tell you what, I'd be pretty unimpressed as well. So rather than, oh, get over it, it'll be fine. Lockdown will be over soon and you'll be able to get out. No, 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 no. They have been robbed of that part of their future that was hopefully, you know, that was meant to be coming now, was meant to be happening now. It was my daughter's 25th birthday yesterday and I said, oh, hi. hi. So I certainly wasn't expecting to do this on the 25th. And I get it. And, and, and no amount of, oh, it's all right. You've just got me, Granny, and the rest of the family singing happy birthday to you. Well, that's no consolation, I can tell you. Yeah. So actually, we have to acknowledge. If someone sort of said to you, oh, you'll be fine. Forget everybody. Oh, you'll be fine. It's not much fun. Validation says, I hear you. Validation says, your opinion matters. And that's what teenagers need at the minute. We need to respect their independence. We need to respect that they really don't want to be here at all. And that's all right. It's not that they don't like being with you. It's just not 100% of the time. They're trying to look to see where they can spread their wings. And it's up to us to support them in that. So start talking to them. Start collaborating with them. Because when we start, as individuals, anyone, whatever age, we want to feel, in the family unit especially, we want to feel loved, understood, and respected. So when parents start asking their children's opinions, when st parents start saying, what do you think about this? When parents start, start saying, what do you need? How can I support you? Tell me what's going on in your head. That is saying, I hear you. You are no longer sort of, you are more unequal now. And your opinion does matter because I tell you what, in our day, in my day, children should be seen and not heard. <laughs> well, that didn't work out very well. And there's a hell of a lot of adults walking around with rather a lot of emotional baggage because of that. And so we are right in acknowledging that our children have a say in their own future. We are right in acknowledging that children have opinions in where they want to go. And it is time for us to acknowledge that, no, no, children, it is not do as I say. It is not my way or the highway. It's not because I said so. It's sort of what do you think and how, how can we move on here? And that's when, when we start talking to our kids and collaborating with them. I think there's um, page 104 in my book is all about this. It's all about um, collaborating with your child and helping them make the right decisions and consulting them and going, that really didn't turn out so well. What do you think we could do or you could do better next time? And helping them create that neuroplasticity in their head that they need to equip them in the future to make better decisions. Because, yeah, there are going to be mistakes. Of course there are going to be mistakes. We need mistakes. I remember my when I was taking my driving test or no, when I just started driving lessons. Oh, mum, I need to borrow the car, please, because, uh, you know, I, I need to take some mates out for a drive. 
and it was basically no love you've only had two driving lessons so let's wait a while i kicked off like merry hell <laughs> and so my mum decided stupidly against her better judgments to, to to let me take the car well about half an hour later she got a phone call <laughs> me basically I had decided because I was too cool for school, I had decided to take someone's gatepost at third gear at about 45 miles an hour. Well, I really, really learned by that mistake. And still to this day, I'm really, really concerned about what's happening on the left hand side of the car because it's still it's still is imprinted so we need to learn we need to make mistakes because if we don't make mistakes then yeah it's as i always say and as jack campfield so wisely said there is no such thing as failure it's only feedback and the thing is is that we learn from that feedback and if we don't it's a blimmin mistake i mean you know way betide you because if you do not learn from your mistakes then well you deserve everything you get but also remember that your child is the expert. Your child really is. They know what makes their heart sing. They know they have opinions on where they want to go. They might want to start a band. And how cool is that if they want to, rather than doing, I don't know, all the sciences to get a job for life. That's not the way it works nowadays. They know where they're headed. I mean, for flip's sake, how can we advise our children in, in um, careers or anything like that? Because it's a different world. I mean, I've, I've got, you know, I, in fact, an example, my daughter qualified, she, she got a first in hospitality two years ago. And so we were going, oh my God, this is fantastic. Shove her into the hospitality line because that's clearly what she's good at. And she's going, no, 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 no. I do not want to be treated like shit by people like this. No, I'm not going to do it. And so she made the decision that she was going into HR. So there was husband and I rocking in the corner going for flip's sake. She's, she's doing this all wrong. She's doing this all wrong because she's got the qualifications. She'll have, she's set up for, for hospitality and she made the choice. No, thanks. And she stuck to her guns. She now, even though she's furloughed at the minute, is has got a really good job in HR when ha ha jokes on us. The hospitality industry is really struggling at the minute. So. We have to allow our child, and you know what? Even if even if she had gone and made a mistake, and 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 she hadn't enjoyed what she was doing, our kids are going to have about 17, 18 jobs in our life in their lifetimes, apparently. So it doesn't matter if they take a slightly more circuitous route, and and it's that old adage: oh, as long as they're happy, then that's fine. Well, yeah, great. And, and that is exactly as it should be. But how do we know that they're happy unless we listen to them, unless we hear their opinions, unless we know what's going on, unless we sort of sit down and go, OK, so tell me about HR then. Because I'd rather you did hospitality because you're clearly good at it. But we have to allow them to keep going and taking their own path and we it's it's better that we are by their side rather than 25 paces ahead because they'll go for a different course a, a, a different route and might leave us all together so our kids need seldom need a good talking to rather than a good listening to 
one slurp and I'll give you this exercise. <laughs> the thing is, is that it's very, very hard to try and get a child, a teenager to open up, especially if they are used to making their own decisions or especially if they are used to not communicating with you. So I've got this exercise and it's basically three questions um, to ask your uncommunicative teen. And it really, really works. The first question is, what is your number? And what you have to do is you have to explain this exercise to your teen because they'll still go, oh, God, yeah, whatever. But actually, once they get to grips with it, it's absolutely class. So what is your number? And really, on a scale of one to ten, we are trying to work out how they're feeling. One being, you know, really dark, possibly suicidal thoughts, don't know where I'm going, really, really struggling, to ten, absolutely fine, mother, thank you very much, leave me alone, I'm on the crest of a wave and I don't need interference. Absolutely wonderful. And really what happens is that you will start gaining um, an idea of where your child sits on this scale. It's an easy one for them to understand, a rating of one to ten. I suggest you only use this exercise once a day, because otherwise it's, oh, seriously, will you just shut up and leave me alone? So, what happens is that you start, you know, over the days, you start getting an understanding of where your child sits on this scale. Now, one child's four might be, you know, very, very different to another child's four. So don't start comparing them and go, oh, my God, you know, so, so and so is number seven and the other one's four. What am I going to do? Because you, you'll work out, you know, do not compare. You'll work out when they're having dips and when they're having highs and lows. And, and it's a good early warning system. The second question is, what is your word? And this is for you to have one describing word for how your child is feeling at the minute. Um, it could be happy, it could be optimistic, it could be hopeful, it could be excited, it could be blah, 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 do you know what I mean? Or it could be angry, frustrated, um, betrayed, uh, negative, neglected, whatever. And it helps you understand where they are on this scale. What it also helps is for your child to start creating and developing their own emotional vocabulary because many kids are not terribly good. I mean, you, most of them will just come out with angry. And you go, well, is that the same angry as yesterday? Oh, no, no, there's a different angry. Okay, well, what is it? Oh, well, actually, it could just be hangry. Or it could just be, you know, it could be jealous. It could be frustrated. It could be fearful, you know. But it's only when you, they start unpicking that they can start sort of working out how they're actually feeling. Don't accept fine and crap because they're not very descriptive words. But, you know, so those two words get you an idea of where they are. And then the third one, which parents, you have to abide by these rules, is do you want to talk? And 95% of the time you'll get no. No, no, you're all right, thanks. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. No, I'm fine. No, no. But what that says is I'm here for you when you need me. And so what you might then sort of get is, yeah, I do. And don't pounce on it. Don't go, oh, I told you. I knew, I knew, I knew there was something wrong with them. They want to talk to me now. No, 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 no. Just go, oh, okay, that's cool. So is now a good time? Or should we take the dog for a walk? Or do you want to go for a drive? Or do you want to help me with the cooking? 
or and just try and find out because it will have taken them a long time to get their head sorted or maybe it's a listen go and get your head sorted and come back to me when you're ready i'm here whenever you are because what this starts saying to the kids is oh my god i'm not going to get the spanish inquisition every single time i walk into the room any longer and so one mum sort of was sort of saying, oh, my God, my, my kids are now spending more time in the sort of, you know, downstairs and not in their room. And I'm going, yes, because you're not sitting there looking really needy, going, please, please just tell me what's wrong, because I can tell you're not quite right, because kids do not want that. So just use that. What's your number? What's your word? And do you want to talk? And it is amazing how it opens up the lines of communication for you and your family. And it gives you, the, your teenagers, the opportunity to start building relationship with you, but on their terms. And that's the gold. So if you are wanting to hear a little bit more from yours truly, get your phone out and do that. And there's a my, I've got a podcast that covers many of the issues that we're talking about. Um, and also, if you need to dig a bit deeper, if you want to hear more about me, then give me a call and 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 we can um, you can book a call through this QR code and we can just sort of see how I can best support you. I've got books and online courses and stuff. But, um, yeah, get in touch if, if that's something that, you know, interests you. So I hope that helped. Wow. Hey. So I'm going to stop sharing so I can see your beautiful face. <laughs> there we are. Hello. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. That was so amazing that you've got the chat has lit up over here. We've got people as young as 14 on here. And oh, good. Yeah, which is wonderful. There's... It'd be really cool. I, I really want to show you everything. We've got oh, we've got loads of time. In fact, it's not going to be about me. I have all the questions in the entire world. I loved how gentle that was, but I also loved how how understanding you are and, and authentic because you've been there. You 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 still are a mom. You're not 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 a mom anymore, but you've been a teen mom. If that makes sense. Yes. I've got yes. teeth. Yes. Um, so I know you, what you mean. All <laughs> it's authentic, and you you know the amount of, of you had delivering what you were saying and it all makes sense it all makes sense and sometimes we know that but sometimes what what we do is as, as apes we allow our emotions to to ride that away with us and, and I'm, I'm gonna say that and link on to a lady who put a post on here and she's absolutely amazing if i can find it oh it, it's cut off basically it was um from becky and it can be such amount of comments on here unfortunately Becky said, um, oh no, here we go. So Becky, can you see this, Kai? Yes, normally when I, yeah. So this is um, this is to her children that are not teens. They are um, below the age of 12. Um, and it's when that time when they keep asking, asking. I think this has got something to do with the, uh, the, the infernal battle between parents from Fortnite, I believe, um, or the computer games are available. Yes, um, and and I, I think the thing is this goes back to collaboration because uh, let's let's face it, adolescence doesn't start at sort of you know thirteen on the thirteenth birthday. Adolescence starts or puberty, let's say, 
um, starts a lot earlier than that. And children do know best. I think, you know, I, for God's sake, mum, I'm, I'm nearly an adult. I know exactly what I'm doing. Um, and that's fine. And this is why we need to start guiding them. But we also need to get them to buy in, um, not in a bad way, but to be part of what's going on, to be part of the decisions that are being made. Because when we start, you know, even if it's a revision timetable, even if it's a getting a social media contract written out, the thing is, and I seriously, Becky, I would suggest if you don't have one, try that, because it's a matter of sitting down and writing stuff with you and your child and go, so now what do you think would be sensible to do how many hours or how how do you think we should break this down on a daily or weekly basis and they might go oh five hours a day and you right well okay i was thinking more along the lines of one you know half an hour to an hour so we're going to have to start collaborating and cooperating and making compromises here so how does two and a half hours a day sound but we'll break it up so you've got to take breaks in between and then yeah no all right let's see how that goes but write it down even sign it and shove it on the fridge so that when you start having the arguments of oh mom 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 then what i would suggest is look at the contract look at the contract don't even enter into discussion because we've had that discussion when everyone was rational so it's please look at the contract please look at the contract and if we need to revise it we shall do so tomorrow afternoon but please look at the contract and then what they sort of tend to do is oh yeah yeah i did say that and so because they've collaborated they're more you know in the decision they're more likely to abide by because they were part of rather than just because I said so. So that might be worth bearing in mind. That's beautiful. I love that so much. Um, quick question. I'm going to add to that, actually, uh, with another question. What if they breach the contract and should a parent breach the contract accidentally on purpose to, to take responsibility and teach accountability with that? Is there any, and I don't mean, I don't really like the word sanction, but breach of contract with that, what, what's the next phase of that might lead well, what part of the foundations of family life and life is actions have consequences. So what I would suggest is preempt it. And when you're writing the contract or when you're discussing all this, what happens when it goes belly up? What happens when, you know, this will happen? What happens if you're just getting to the next level and it's about five minutes away? What do you think we should do when? And so it'll be the, you know, sort of, do you think a good um, consequence will be, I'll take your phone off for a fortnight? No! Okay, well, what do you think the consequences will be? Or like, you know, and so therefore, they, the consequence has already, or the, you know, the, the, discipline or the sanction or whatever has already been built in so that's also playing on their mind is that what do i you know because rather than mum or dad having to think of the sanction there and then on the you know preempt that decision and work it out you know so ahead of time and let the child know because you know if they well i mean grounding someone ain't going to help at the minute is it but there will be other the, there will be other sanctions that are equally you know whether or not it's allowance whether or not it's you're now going to have to do the laundry for 10 days i don't know what what points and have that preempted already yeah, perfect. I, I, and I completely, completely agree with that and see how that would work. 
Yeah, it's it's always we're always going to you know the, this is what happens. It's not going to go according to plan, but it's it's it's, it's a sort of, um, it morphs. It's a teething process, and that's mm. how we start working out right. Well, okay, the the contract or the agreement or whatever it is becomes slightly more robust. Mm. Of course, yes, and we're not going to be talking about how to calm yourself down because we did that yesterday with Callum and a few other people. But I've got a, a girl on here who is Charlie. She's fourteen. And a girl on here called Megan, who is uh, 19 or 18, I think 18. And um, she might tell me off for not knowing that. And it's, I, I want to do kind of like a flip reverse. They're both in some some way or another said, I want to show my mum this. My mum needs to see this. My da 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 da. So it's, it's almost as if they're parenting themselves. Um, if it, what, would you, what advice would you give to these girls um, at that age? to be taken seriously or to be um, respected, uh, getting on the same pace, singing from the same hymn sheet as their parents. Um, is, have you ever had that question before? Yes, and um, there are a number of ways. It depends how um, how disconnected the, the relationship is. Um, if it's just a sort of mum or dad haven't quite woken up to the fact that they are have a young adult in front of them and still think they're dealing with a six-year-old, then that's the time to maybe sort of sit down and go, do you know what? Um, I was watching this summit today and then sort of come into it this way. I'm really interested in X, Y, and Z, or I'm I or I'm really sort of I was really wondering that um you know, I'm, I'm confused about what's going on in my head and I don't quite know how to verbalise it. Can you help me? And what I would ask as the young person is to ask their parents for support, whether or not it's just, can we sort of, you know, literally, can we sit down for half an hour sometimes? Or will you bake cookies with me? Or can we take the dog for a walk? And just if your parents got any sense of sort of know-how, they'll go, well, hang on a minute, this isn't normal something is going on here and my child wants to talk and i would use the um the summit as a as an example and go this woman was talking crap and this guy was talking a lot of sense and that guy over there said something i didn't agree with and and just open it up you know it's a bit like when we are adults and it's trying to get our kids to you know if something comes on in eastenders and and we sort of go oh has that ever happened or do you know you know do you know what i mean it's using real life to open up the conversation but if you are really disconnected and you just don't know which way to turn, I would suggest writing a letter. And I would suggest sitting down because what a letter does is it takes all the emotion out of it and it takes all the confusion and the accusation and the blame and the whatever. And it gives the recipient the opportunity to read through it digest it, collapse in a heap, weeping and wailing or getting really angry or whatever, but then a bit of reflection and going, oh, right, okay, okay, right, we need to do something about this. And so a letter takes away all the, it, it's just, it creates a more level playing field rather than we need to talk because you've got it wrong. And yeah. so it just allows people to process stuff in their own time without having to react immediately, which is obviously, sometimes it puts people on the back foot. Agreed. Yeah, hundred percent. And and just to add a, a tiny little decimal place on that would be: don't really expect your parents to have all the right answers or any answers at all. The very fact they're listening is great. Um, so, and that's that's why we are a team, and that's why we need to learn from one another. 
adults are never too and and this is a lot this can be a problem because we don't like admitting it i have to see as though i'm in charge otherwise they'll you know you know they'll sort of take take sort of advantage and no the thing is is come on guys we're all in this together and that the the end result is happy kids and a happy family and okay if we if we need to take one for the team or we need, need to admit we're wrong we're the grown-ups here so let's just get over it and go right what is the best the intention here and the intention is a happy family and well-adjusted kids yeah so megan and uh charlie i hope that i hope that makes sense if not Kai's giving you where we can where we can find. Oh, that. please get in touch. Um, I'm all over Instagram and Facebook. Do that now before we have to shoot off. Yes. Yeah, so Kai is all over Instagram. She's on Facebook as well, and she's just giving you the little QR code. If you need to revisit this as well, then I think it was on minute fifty-two. Do you want have me to put the QR code back? Um, yeah, let's do that now. Let's let's get that on. She said, there. "Oh, for what am I doing?" <laughs> okay, I can just do this. So they could they can rewind yeah. it and um, giving them responsibility. But this person here, if my phone would like to load slightly quicker than it is, give it a second. Just while that's happening, uh, Melanie Lisa has just put on here um, as a single parent in lockdown it's, um, and a mental health worker. It's in this session has been invaluable. So thank you very much, Kai. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. And it's sometimes harder to apply your knowledge to your own children when personal emotions and relationships are involved. Yeah. Massively. Right. Yeah. There's um that oh sorry one more round so there, that's Kai's Instagram guys and girls there we go so it looks like she looks like that it's a real that's the real one just there Kai Graham easy peasy um so reach out to her I'm I'm, I'm sure I'll reach out to Kai so I'm sure Kai can, uh, would love to help out with why she wouldn't be doing what she's doing right now um so yes uh, da, 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 da. cool okay now I think I think we've nailed it that's good um so so just to finish off what Charlotte was saying sometimes I feel my parents don't understand me. And I find it hard to talk to them about how I feel because um, when and if I tell them something, they don't they don't get me. And but that's what I hear from ninety five percent of kids, and that's why us parents need to get our act together because we it's a different world when we were young, and we think we know best, and sometimes we have no blimmin' idea, um, and it's it's hard to admit that. But um, Charlotte, get in touch if you want, but. Um, I would just open the lines of communication. Can I help you with cooking tea tonight? Can we just sort of, can you, I don't know, just can we go on the Xbox or can we, and just start looking for spending pockets of time with your mum or your dad or whoever so that you can start building a relationship with them. And it then it feels less forced when you're doing something that you've got in common um, and failing that, a letter. A letter is... It's a bit like a sort of, you know, a, a, a sort of a bullseye shot. It, it gets there really fast, but it it is it is very very impactful. But sometimes it's over the top. If that makes sense, yeah. um, you know. So, but just the majority of parents are wanting the very best, and it's just it's approaching something with a slightly rather than you never listen to me is approaching it with a slightly more. Um, mature um less emotive way of working but just reach out to them and they'll be there to they, they might sort of do the oh my gosh you know they'll, they'll be full of guilt but that's their job so tend to get over it and move forward yes um and so, sometimes it quite be hard sometimes uh, ch children 
um, that will have the opposite of supportive parents. And even if a letter doesn't work, that's quite tough. Um, well, I, I was a Childline volunteer for a very, very long time. Getting in touch with Childline, if that helps, because yeah. the, the people there will help you find adults that will support you. And um, whether or not it's me, whether or not it's a teacher, whether or not it's granny, whether or not it's a youth worker, whether or not it's Dale, whoever it is there, I promise you there are people out there who will support you. So please... Um, don't just if, if your mum and dad aren't very receptive at the minute, there's a shed load of adults that want to help you. And and as well as that, I just want to really emphasize the fact that we've got to make sure that this person that you do reach out to is a very trusted or not not somebody totally. online, not somebody no, random, no, no. Um, not somebody and and it and if that's the case, if, if you it, need to have met you need to know who they are, you need to have met them. A hundred percent. And um they need to be, if anything, they need to be validated by are the safe people that you know. Um, Childline is very valid. It's very official. It's, it's this, they go through strict measures of qualifying people to do that. Um, with, but obviously, if, if, if you do feel alone, be, be wary, be very aware that you don't want to reach out to the, to the next available adult because that adult could be quite dangerous and we don't want that to ever happen. We don't want that to happen. If, if they're requesting to meet up, that's, no. that's, that's a block, that's no. a no. no. Um, and that's when you do need to reach out to a to a very, very responsible adult. Um, but I just wanted to pre-frame that because it's not easy, this life thing, is it, Kai? <laughs> as a parent and as a child. Listen, we're all still learning and, and we all screw up. And, um, you know, it's, and, but the, the, there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel and it, 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 it as they say, this too shall pass. So um, there are always ways to, find um, alternatives and different ways of dealing with things and people to support you as long as they're the right people. Yes, and oh, such a valuable, invaluable tool. Great class. I, don't, I was so relaxed and I was just like, oh, this is, this is nice and it's making so much sense. I'm ready to have a teenager now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? I love teenagers. I think they are wonderful, funny and empathic and compassionate and intelligent. I, I love teenagers. So I get on my soapbox. I get really pissed off with people that sort of give them the hard press. So Yeah. 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 And that's, they could be there. That's their own internal world reflect onto other people. But um, that's for another talk, I believe. Um, Kai, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. It's a pocket of your Sunday. It's a Sunday and you're spending it with us. I know, but it's lockdown life, isn't it, for goodness sake? Sunday's the new Monday. Who cares? Yeah. And, and if, if we're making a difference, how cool is that? So Yes. And you've got a nice little thank you from Charlotte just there. So she started following Charlotte, me. Good to see you. Listen, if you need, if, well, Dale or I, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're here to support you. Um, yeah. So give us a shout if you need to. Wonderful. Thank you again so much. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'm going to crack on and I'm going to thank yes. you. Yes, yes. Slightly younger. <laughs> much love. Thanks so much, Dale. Thank you very much. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, how cool was that from Kai Graham? She's absolutely amazing. The owner of Teen Toolbox. She has got so many clients worldwide. And I just love speaking to people like her because she loves what she does. She absolutely adores what she does. It gives her freedom. It, it helps her with her impact in the world. And also it creates an income for a fair income too to help her do whatever she wishes to do with it. And that's exactly what I'm doing at the moment. I'm helping teachers and educators and coaches 
create something special for themselves without being locked into the education system. There's nothing wrong with that at all if you enjoy it, but if you're, if you're starting to feel a little bit undervalued and a little bit, well, let's face it, underpaid. I mean, I know I was. I was a teacher for 12 years, and, and I know exactly how it felt to be kind of like squashed, to have your thoughts and ideas to help a child thrive squashed and, and obviously putting in all the hours under the sun. Sometimes it was 60-hour weeks with all the marking, etc., and and kind of just feeling, it wasn't so much that I was underpaid, it was just feeling undervalued, you know? So this is something that I want to help amazing teachers do. I want, I want to give them the confidence, I want to give them the tools to help them move away from the classroom environment so they can create something amazing for themselves to leave a lasting impact in this world with our young people. Because like I always say, it is far easier to build a stronger kid than it is to fix a broken adult. So I had a webinar on the 24th, but you missed it. I'm really sorry. You missed it. 24th of November, I had a webinar and there were so many amazing teachers that showed up for that. It was absolutely phenomenal. So if you are a teacher, if you are an educator, if you are a coach, or if you've just been working with children generally and you, you want to get more tools, you want to get more experience, you want to understand how to use social media to get clients, you want to perhaps get the exact script of what to say to a parent to onboard their child, then this webinar is for you. The next one is going to be on the 17th of December. So make sure that you are available and ready for that. The 17th of December. If you're interested, just send me a message on my Instagram, which is Delvinson Coaching, saying Kid Coach, and I'll ping you the link. It's going to be another live webinar. And I want to help as many people as I possibly can. So feel free to share that with all of your colleagues as well. And in the meantime, have a very awesome, powerful day. And reach out to me on Instagram. Just send me a message. I'll, I will respond. Just send me a message saying what you got from this from this talk or, the, or these podcasts. So yeah, anyway, have a powerful day and carry on being absolutely epic. Dale signing out. <laughs>